0: Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host Jason Napolitano, and I am here in Las Vegas. And I have on the phone, as I do each week, Mr. Chris Sheridan. What's up, sir? Everything's up. It's Los Angeles
1: here to Las Vegas, or Los Angeles, as Los <laughs> Angeles,
0: yeah, as they used to like to say, didn't yeah. they? I the still do. I, not I, that I, 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 I ever like like did. Like I like it now. I like it. I like it right this <laughs> moment as well. But I like it when they say it, like when you watch uh, you know, you watch old fifties shows and they were uh, they were pronouncing it that way. It's fantastic. <laughs> Los Angeles. All right, so we are here on the Cosmic Eye Show and we are talking about things of an esoteric, spiritual, psychological nature. Uh, thank you for joining us each week on the show. We appreciate all of our listeners who are supporting us. And please, if you're getting something out of the show, if you could share with your friends on social media and so forth that would be of great benefit to us and i think you know i I don't want to overstate what we're doing but i I think you know to the world as well you know the more people we can get out uh, the messages of the ancient wisdom to, we're just kind of sharing what we're learning uh with you but we have a tradition behind us of you know thousands of years of, of of wisdom that we're trying to you know share in different different ways uh with with you and with uh with others so please uh if you can share us with your friends, and we'll hopefully create a a little better world out there for ourselves. Uh, We are talking today about the Hiramic legend, Hiramic, as in Hiram, uh, who is a biblical figure, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, but we're looking at Manly Hall's uh, chapter 16, XVI, for you who are Roman numerically challenged, XVI, Uh, in The Secret Teachings of All Ages, Manly Hall's classic work. Uh, if you haven't read that, no big deal, because we're going to go over everything we need to uh, in this show. Uh, so it's a self-contained, it's a self-contained show. But we, as we always do, highly recommend uh, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Oh, they just uh, went by a, uh, an ambulance. God bless them. That's part of the magic of this show. We were talking about this a little bit earlier before we got on. We're not aiming for perfection here on this show. We're aiming for wholeness like they do in, in the Union world. Not perfection, but wholeness. So, anything you hear in the background—ambulances, perhaps a dog—we're a little bit early or late for him. I think. What is it? Four o'clock? He's oh, give it time. Where's, where, where's oh, a <laughs> oh, little oh, face? Oh, just give it time. Yeah, and he will, he will arise. Uh, all right. So, we're gonna get into this chapter in a second. Again, I wanted to thank uh, all of our supporters, and if you can check us out at uh, at Anchor slash Cosmic Eye, uh, you can support us there. Uh, or, you know, you can get my book at cosmiceye.org, uh, which is, uh, if you can worry, you can meditate and Chris's book can be found on chrissheridan.com. Uh, and Chris's book is the spirit in the sky. So please, uh, please support us. All right. So the Hiramic legend. So Hiram is a figure who was in the Bible and he sent workmen to help Solomon build a temple. We'll get into this, uh, in a minute. Um, but the basic, uh, the basic symbol of Hiram or Hiram, if you want to pronounce it correctly in, in Hebrew, which we'll, we'll get into that as well, um, was um, a figure who is important and still is in the Masonic uh, legend and Masonic symbolism in terms of the ritual, in terms of, of Freemasonry itself, uh, its purpose and goals and so on. Uh, so we're going to go over that legend a little bit um, and we're going to look at how that applies to our life, some of the symbolism, and different ways that uh, that story plays itself out in uh, in our spiritual, you know, physical, psychological lives, and so on. So we're going to let the spirit move us, but that's the rough direction we're going in. So just kind of tell you where we're going. All right. So I'm going to share with you uh, a little bit of Manly Hall's uh, opening. Uh, in this in this chapter so you can kind of see this legend and um, if you're not familiar with it it'll it'll be uh, it'll be clearer so so I'll read a bit about uh, from the book and then I'll also paraphrase somewhat so then Solomon the beloved of God builder of the everlasting house and grandmaster of the lodge of Jerusalem ascended the throne of his father David he consecrated his life to the erection of a temple to God and a palace for the kings of Israel David's faithful friend Hiram king of Tyre hearing that a son of David sat upon the throne of Israel, sent message of congratulations and offers of assistance to the new ruler. All right, so so contextualizing that, David was a, a king, obviously, in Israel, and Solomon was his son, and of course, you've heard of the wise King Solomon, that is him, and he was dedicated to building a beautiful temple uh, in Israel, and that is actually historically accurate. Uh, he did rebuild the temple in splendor and glory. Um, but it's also a, it's also a, a symbolic uh, representation of of, of building a, a better life, building a spiritual life for ourselves, and so on. Um, the uh, the next portion of the story then is where, <clears throat> excuse me, let me start up here. This is the second part. Because of his great love for Solomon, Hiram of Tyre. Tyre, by the way, is southern Lebanon today, uh, and it was it was uh, the Phoenicians. Uh, who were great traders in the ancient Near East, and it was a very wealthy, uh, wealthy society. They were very influential in the, in the Mediterranean and the ancient Near East uh, at this time. So Hiram, king of Tyre, sent also the grand master of the Dionysiac architects, Hiram Abif, a widow's son. So this is the second Hiram, Hiram Abif, and this is the Hiram that we're talking about in the story. A widow's son who had no equal among the craftsmen of the earth, Uh, Hiram is described as being a Tyrian by birth, but Israelitish descent. Israelitish descent. So apparently he was either Jewish or he was quite familiar with the Jewish ways, uh, but he was a Tyrian or a Phoenician uh, by birth and race. Okay, so moving along then. The... So Chiram, as master of the builders, uh, divided his workmen into three groups, which were termed entered apprentices, fellow craftsmen, and master masons. Those are, of course, the three levels of masonry. To each division, he gave certain passwords and signs by which their respective excellence could be quickly determined. While all were classified according to their merits, some were dissatisfied, for they desired a more exalted position than they are capable of filling. At least three fellow craftsmen, more daring than their companions, determined to force Chiram to reveal to them the password of the master's degree. Knowing that Chiram uh, always went into the unfinished sanctum sanctorum at high noon to pray, these ruffians, whose names were Yubella, Yubello, and Yubalum, lay in wait for him, one at each of the main gates of the temple. Hiram about to leave the temple by the south gate was suddenly confronted by Yubella armed with a 24-inch gauge. Upon Hiram's refusal, refusal to reveal the master's word, the ruffian struck him on the throat with the roll and wounded the master, then hastened to the west gate, where Yubella armed with a square, awaited him and made a similar demand. Again, Hiram was silent, and the second assassin struck him on the breast with the square. Hiram thereupon staggered to the east gate, only to be met there by Yubellum Armed with maul, when Hiram refused him the master's word, jubelum struck the master between the eyes with the mallet, and Hiram fell dead. All right, so I apologize for my going from Hiram Hiram to Hiram whatever, uh, but the point is, is that Hiram. I'll just say it Hiram from now on. But the reason why it's Hiram is because it's not spelled with an H in Hebrew. It's actually the letter Het, which is a kh sound, which we don't really have uh, in English. Uh, But I will just say Hiram from now on, and then we'll explain kind of what that means later. All right, so it's a long story, uh, short, I guess, but, um, you know, we needed to contextualize kind of what was going on, and now we're going to break down what what some of this means. Um, Quickly, though, I will talk about that word Hiram, which is made up of the Hebrew letters Chet, Yod, Resh, and Mem. And the Hebrew, of course, is written from right to left. And I'm going to read this. What it says here is a radical word. Hiram is a radical word consisting of three consonants: uh, Chet, Resh, and Mem. In other words, C H uh, R and M is how it's transliterated. Het signifies Kama, Sun. Uh, the sun's light, universal, and invisible, cold fire of nature, attracted by the sun, manifested in the light, and sent down to us in every planetary body belonging to the solar system. too. Resh. Resh signifies Ruach. Ruach is spirit, air, or wind. And that's the vehicle which conveys and collects the light uh, into numberless foci, which are different, uh, different beings and bodies and energy centers, wherein the solar rays of light are agitated by a circular motion and manifested in heat and burning fire, which is the Yod. Yod stands for fire. Mem signifies Mayim, or water, humidity, rather, the mother of water. The mother of water. So we're looking at the three sort of we're looking at fire, air and water as the as the three principles of creation or particular kind of condensed air is what this um, this radical humidity is. These three constitute the universal agent or fire of nature in one word, Hiram, not Hiram, H-I-R-A-M. So that's that's a little a little bit of the symbolism behind that. It is actually a Hebrew word Uh, and much of the mysteries of Freemasonry, of course, come from Kabbalah. They also come from Rosicrucianism and other sources, but much of it is based in uh, in Kabbalah. So, you know, there is Hebrew involved with that. All right. So I've went on and on. Let us talk a little bit about um, the legend and what it means. So do you want to start with that? Do you have a particular place that you'd like to start with uh, with the legend and some of the some of the meaning in it? And then we'll just uh, kind of sure. jump around. Yeah. Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, and thank you for really a, a well you know, you're really well versed in this stuff. Um great knowledge and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this one a couple of times and
0: <laughs> and learn from you. Uh um, well I appreciate you saying that, but you know, it's manly Hall and the the great teachings that, you know, that precede it. So well you definitely have a
1: have a, a good sense of this and, and I like to really describe it. So um I guess what I want to start is maybe just taking a look at, you know, what is the symbolism of Freemasonry? What is what does that mean? Sure. Um and 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 what is that, you know, now how does that color the story, and how that can what that can mean to us? So Very good, yeah. Um, so I guess the way I said it, I'm mean, a non-mason. Full disclosure uh, is uh, with Freemasonry is that it's a system of symbols, like alchemy or mythology or shamanism, or uh, there are, there are the I Ching. There are great systems: uh, the astrology, uh, tarot, uh, of how we live, uh, reflections on transformation, uh, personal and and collective. Uh, And so this is a particular one. And it's an interesting symbolism that's drawn out of the age of civilization, Whereas, like the shaman might have, you know, a pre-civilization worldview as you're very close to nature and there's animal spirits and things. Freemasonry is built around buildings and the construction, including the architecture, the design behind it. Mm-hmm. And just the way I see it, just really as kind of a Masonic layperson, um, is that just as you need uh, skill and education in architecture and engineering, these great crafts uh, to be able to, and artistry to be able to uh, build a building, mm-hmm. and then great craftsmanship uh, to build something that's not going to fall over. You know, think of the three little pigs and one build the mason mason's house stood you know he didn't build it out of straws or sticks um so and that being a metaphor yes that's true that happens in the real world um but what happens within us is are we building our character are we standing on shaky ground do we have a good design for our lives do we have the right engineering to carry it out are we constructing properly with the right tools are we making the best use of of those things in ourselves, our families, our communities, and, and just as you would build buildings for your, you know, a house for your family. Uh,
0: yeah, that's, you know, that, you know, that's a fantastic way of looking at it. I, I am a Mason myself. I'm not participating in Lodge right now because my Lodge is in, in California, actually. Uh, in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Culver City Fauche, uh, shout out to them. Right. Uh, but I have not been there in like three years since I moved here to Las Vegas. Unfortunately, I didn't join and launch here. So, uh, but, but at any rate, that was, that's an excellent, uh, an excellent way of des- describing that, um, coming from someone who is not, you know, not a Mason himself, but you like Manly Hall obviously have a, a great affinity for the symbolism and an understanding for the, for the work. You know, that's an interesting thing too about Manly Hall is that, uh, you know, he was writing about Masonry far before he was a Mason and you know, lecturing on it, even to Masons themselves. And they uh, eventually made him a 33rd degree Mason quite quickly, actually, because he had figured this stuff out on his own. Uh, so, you know, Masonry is, you know, as we talked about before, is two aspects of it. There's a speculative Masonry, which is the actual, you know, the Masonic ritual work, the order itself, Freemasonry and symbolism, and then the operative masonry which is what goes on within it's the philosophical concepts within yourself and the understandings and so on that that take place and changes and transmutations which occur within the body mind spirit of one's own self and you know that can occur obviously outside of the world of, of Freemasonry or any structured system uh so you know that's the the important part but you know they go hand in hand right so and that's so what you're talking about is the the structure the sort of speculative structure of masonry. And then, you know, the the operative part is what, you know, is also what you're speaking of that, you know, the the behavior, the thoughts, the speech and action that come out of, out of the learning and so on. Right. So, um, so continue. I'm sorry. I just, I wanted to, I just kind of wanted to say that. I, I, I put that
1: oh, yeah, that. sure. Sure. Thanks. Um, it's uh, I think it's a great system, you know, and it's a great metaphor, even if, you know, you don't join up. Um, and it gets a lot about oh somebody's a Freemason and you know I know there's a lot of stuff in the you know conspiracy
0: uh, circles. There's, and, there's a lot of nonsense floating
1: around. <laughs> out there. Yeah, and, and you know what? Out. You know how I feel. like I belong to a different secret society, which I'm not really able uh, by obligation to uh, mention uh, on the airwaves, even the initials. But if you do look it up, it'll be towards the, the front of the phone book. Um,
0: <laughs> it might, it might even be the very. First it could <laughs> be, <laughs> oh, yes, right next to Ard, right before Aardvark right before <laughs> Arvarg, indeed, or, or before AAA. Yeah, before and if
1: AAA. you can't unpack that mystery, don't worry about it. I'm just, just let <laughs> it, don't right go. Worry about it. Um, Anyway, um, yeah. Well, I guess I don't think I lost my uh, my train of thought there. <laughs> well, but that's
0: yeah, that's yeah. That's,
1: that's that's bound to happen. Um, it, it happens well, to the best of us, my friend. So I thought it was interesting in the uh, in the story about the yep. uh, the three ruffians, whose mm-hmm. um, names you are far better at pronouncing than me, so I'm just going to leave that alone. Um, and there were he's in the uh, unfinished part of the temple, mm-hmm. uh, the north wall. There was no gate on the north. The yep. north, the north is a blank wall because that's associated with you know the earth element or materialism. Uh, it's the part where the sun doesn't shine on a mountain, in the north face. Mm-hmm. That's why they're skiing. Yep. Uh, ski runs and lodges and things are um, on the north side. Hence uh, the naming of uh, North Face. North Face, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's colder and, um, and more, which is great. If you, you want to ski, You know, there's more snow. Won't... And so the southern exposure, of course, mm-hmm. uh, with the sun. So there's enlightenment. And then um, east and west, the other east being air and west being more of a water uh, or a motion thing. It, that, it's interesting. So he couldn't escape to the north. He goes to the south. Well, the and north he...
0: is the material actually yes. the material world it's solidified water which is the ice or whatever you know that's the kind of the idea that and that man is a spirit like a, a spiritual being that's sort of solidified into a material existence so it's you know so he can't run to material the material world for his for his saving right yes yes it's not yeah. there yeah yeah
1: um and so the remaining three gates he was met by one the other the three
0: uh, assassins.
1: Yeah, ruffians. Yep. And, uh, and the parts where he was struck, uh, the first one, it got him in the throat, mm-hmm. um, the second one in the breast,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, trying to get out of the west, and um, to the east, right between the eyes with a mallet. I guess that's Absolutely. what a. A maul is right. It's some sort that of hammer is, it's thing. That is a large. That's where they got the term "getting mauled," right? Getting mauled. There you go. <laughs> well, it's pretty barbaric. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is really oh, yeah, sure. evil is. kind of. Uh, yeah, if you're into Game of Thrones, you'll love this stuff. But um... goes right to the heart of it, doesn't it? <laughs> right to the point. It, ma- it mauls
0: right to the heart of it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. right in the
1: third eye. So, uh, but it's interesting, and these are Plus, you know exactly obviously the three is, major centers
0: it. of. Um, it is, isn't it?
1: you yeah. know and chakras you know the heart the throat uh your body mind and then your speech or thought speech and action we've been talking
0: about that yep or even uh, or thought feeling and action is another can... way that they put it as well which is interesting um, yeah and those three centers though you're right it's like it's that you know the, the generative center you know which includes the bottom chakra and the and the sexual chakra as well and then you know that kind of mid mid level one in the abdomen and then, you know, it's the sort of generative center. And then the the heart level is the kind of halfway point up to the, you know, up to the third eye where everything opens up. And those, those are the three uh, most important kind of centers. A lot of systems, even like in, um, in Qigong, for instance, from, which comes from Taoism, they just focus on those three. Uh, they don't, they don't really use seven, a seven chakra system. They just use those three centers to kind of simplify things, but, you know, the heart kind of encompasses, and third yeah. Eye. yeah. Well, the throat really kind of reaches up to the third eye. It's that whole portion of from yeah. the third eye down to the throat. So it would be kind of like a circular area right there, you know, that would include include all mm-hmm. of that area up above. Um, and then the heart, of course, you know, encompasses the whole the whole chest in that region. And then the one below you know, it does it gets the whole lower regions of, of chakras. So. It's interesting. So they're hitting on something there for sure. And then, you know, another one of the meanings of this uh, Hiram or Hiram uh, is that life force, with, which is within us, the universal agent, the prana, the, you know, the astral light, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is that kind of consciousness which exists within us that, that, that moves about. It's the, the very life force of, you know, an essence of, of, of being. And it's rising up through these through these different centers, and that's uh, and that's one of the one of the symbolic meanings of this of this legend itself, right? And you can see it played out with those ruffians and hitting those 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 different areas. And then he and dies, and is re- you know, is re- resurrected. He's resurrected. He's resurrected, resurrected through the, the, the
1: restoration of those yeah. three centers, which I did
0: not share actually. In well, we're on to that of, now. I think now we're, we're on. I think that, we're just so. upon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: this part so of the, the story. Of the- uh because that's also what gets released is this this fire. Um yep.
0: this fire of the life force that uh, you know breathing well, that pulled the up he's pulled up in symbolically in what's called the lion's grip, the lion's paw. Um and that uh you know that's a that's an interesting symbol there as well. That kind of gets into um, some of the uh, the astrological symbolism, which we might we might cover in a moment here. So this is another one of the interesting uh, interpretations of this uh, of this mythology, this legend. Uh, that um, so this is from Albert Pike's Morals and Morals and Dogma. From the journey of the sun through the twelve signs, writes Albert Pike, come the legend of the twelve labors of Hercules and the incarnations of Vishnu and Buddha. Hence came the legend of the murder of Hurum, which he he likens to, to Hiram or Hiram, representative of the sun, by the three fellow crafts, symbols of the winter signs, Capricorn Aquarius and Pisces, who assailed him at the three gates of heaven and slew him at the winter solstice. Hence the search for him by the nine fellow crafts, the other nine signs, his finding, burial and resurrection. So that's the last portion of the story, which I did not share. He is found, he is buried, and he is resurrected, and that uh, that is actually played out um, played out in the symbolism um, of of that story. So that that you know, there's there's that there's that astrological symbolism as well. There isn't there, um, and you know, we've talked about that in astrotheology before, um, in Christian mysticism. There's those are some of the sort of astrological correspondences to some of the, um, some of those, you know, symbolic truths and that are, that are in the new Testament and so on with, um, uh, with Jesus's, uh, death and resurrection and so forth. So, you know, this tale is really, it's multi, it's multivalent. I mean, there's, there's multiple, multiple, uh, interpretations of, of all these symbols. And I, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about that just in general, there's a difference between a sign and a symbol. A sign is something that stands for something like a stop sign you you know what it is it means it means stop you see a big red octagon that says stop on it and you put the brakes on and stop whereas a symbol is something that opens up and has you know meanings well beyond the words and um you know i i think uh you know, that's an important topic. Why don't you talk a little bit about, about what you were t- telling me earlier today about your understanding of this and, you know, the symbolic nature of that and the difficulty of communicating some of these ideas and so on, if you, if you want to at this point.
1: Well, that's sure. That's why stories and allegories and you know, symbolism are necessary because, you know, it really is difficult to describe once you're getting into these you know deeper levels. Uh, symbolism is the and maybe mathematics, are, are some of the languages that maybe make more sense than, yeah. uh, than words. But, but, but like words are, oh, this is actually a good segue. Uh, like the fact that words are imperfect, words are what we use for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, unless it's a, you know, a picture show uh, it's, or a picture book. It's, you know, it, it's what we have. <laughs> um, and that's an incredibly limited um, form of communication, Uh, but within that, uh, you can have poetry and you can have humor and you can have all kinds of amazing things, you know, using those limitations. So I've been thinking about how, you know, okay, why such a brutal thing? Okay, here's this master craftsman, Solomon wants him, he's, you know, great king and is gonna have him build his temple and all that stuff. So why, you know, why was he so brutally murdered um you know by these by his own tools actually mm-hmm. these are the tools of the craftsman and he wasn't just any craftsman he was you know the guy you know, the master well. craftsman yeah uh, and the would not give realtor. up and he would not give up his secrets even to save his life yeah uh so there's, you know really strong ethical code you can look to socrates and, and other people that have stood by their their words in the face of uh, uh the law Brother-
0: The uh, the Pythagoreans as well, you know, you had to be silent for five years before you could join that order. There's that kind of symbolism there too, isn't there? Yeah, right. Um, That ethical. So, so I'm wondering, you know,
1: as as I was wondering, what, uh, you know, what what is it that would need this? What is it about this story that needs this brutal symbolism Mm -hmm. of you know of murdering these with your own tools right in these very powerful centers of our body of expression. You know heart you know love you know communication with their throat you know speaking you know mm-hmm. and and our thoughts are great mind thoughts uh, with our head uh, all these things you need to bring into
0: the the craft to, to build something sure. you
1: know wonderful um or and even it, the
0: generative energy down below you know that sort of fiery mars type energy that wants to procreate that wants to create that is moving one forward in life and so on that that lifeward, you know creation mm-hmm. power too that exists in the in the in the, you know, the lower chakras, right? Right. So, um, so
1: as a, using this, you know, Masonic symbolism, you know, of building mm-hmm. something, um, say if you want to design a, a new skyscraper or, a you know, a wonderful shopping mall or even a great house. And uh, I think of mm-hmm. Frank Lloyd Wright or somebody like that, you know, you start off, you have an idea, you have a dream, you have a vision. <laughs> it's not like, you know, an artist and you sketch it down and, you know, the artist draws it out and architect plans it and engineers figure out a way to actually build it. And each time it goes through these limitations, just like, again, like after theology, each planetary ring to get to the earth plane, you know, you're putting on another layer of this coat of, of you know, mobilization and sure, limitation yeah. and duality and everything else. But that, that's what you need to do to play the game, to come down here and, and, and do that. So uh, for this idealized dream of a wonderful building uh, to come into actuality, here on Earth, uh, it has to obey the laws of physics and engineering and construction and uh, design and, and things that we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each time it gets there, you're kind of killing off part of the dreamer you could be. It, when it's in its idealized state, you're not limited by budget or um, you know technology or anything like that. Uh, but you do get limited there, and that's you know to me that's where I connected with it. it it's almost like you have to kill off some of your dream um, of what you're envisioning for this thing, because you have, you live in a world of reality and you're not, it's, you're not building a, you know, castle in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. down here on earth. So you have to construct yeah. that yeah, and get a, people to do it. Form. So, and, but then once that's happened, then how do you then resurrect it? Because there's still a seed of that left. Okay. Then now that it's been limited, now that you've, you know, cut everything down to size, okay, mm-hmm. what's left. And then within that, there is still that, part of that idealized notion and how does that get released how does that's a, that's a that great, get great opened point. Yeah. up and and then this the myth started making a little more sense to me because then I could see that with really any kind of artistic endeavor
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know a well, painter and, and only has such big a canvas even if it's sure. the side of the building it's still only that big there's all kinds of limitations um, yeah, but that exactly. doesn't stop you from making amazing art and sometimes it's the limitation that gives you a, a more you know you're forced into uh, coming up with something even more creative
0: i think speaking of frank lloyd right i think he had it and you know, i'm going to i'm going to murder this uh this quote but paraphrasing something like like how limitations actually helped him to create things like everything genius that he ever came up with was because of the limitations yeah. of the of the building or the site or the materials that he had you know so it wasn't really in spite of it it was because of those limitations and that's that power, knowing the power of, of limitation. Because you know the thing, limitation always signifies it's sort of Saturnian. You know, there's a, there's a Saturn quality to limitation. It's only, you know there's a saying that Saturn's only malefic if you let it be. You know, in other words, it's only you know bad if if you allow those limitations to define you know what you're doing and they stop you from doing stuff. But you know, it, just being in a body implies that there are certain limitations certainly you know spiritually we're unlimited beings but physically speaking you know we have a life span and a certain amount of energy and you know certain talents and others that aren't so great and those are the you know those are the things that are our limitations those are the unique things we bring into it but then there's also a part of ourselves that you you, like you talked about that are the you know sharing in the seeds of immortality and you know and and unlimited potential and all that and you connect those two things together and then you've really got magic. You know, you de- you delimited an area that you want to work on. You've focused on something clearly. You're using the power of creation and that unlimited part of yourself to make something that is is limited by its very, you know, material nature, right? If you're if you're if you're manifesting something in life, whether it's a piece of art or a piece of architecture or or, or any, or anything, right, that we can see or feel or experience in, you know, in day-to-day life, you know, some material object. It's necessarily limited. Mm -hmm. And there's an, and there's a certain element of destruction. Speaking of killing these, you know, the three ruffians killing him, um, there's a, you know, there's an element of destruction in every sort of creation. I mean, you know, you're, you're taking a paint, you know, when you're taking paint and, you know, you're, you're using paint and, you're, you're, you know, chipping away stones to, to, make, uh, to make statues and you're, you know, you're sawing wood or killing trees to make, you know, to make a, a wooden statue or some sort of beautiful, you know, table or some sort of functional object. So, you know, there's a certain amount of destruction in every sort of creation. You know, you've got to break eggs to make an omelet sometimes, you know, and obviously we've got to use the guidance of our heart to make sure that we're doing that in a, in a positive and, you know, constructive and generative way. Um, and we don't want to be wasteful. But that's, you know, that's one of the that's aspects really of life, point. right? Yeah. But that's one of the aspects of life, we got to come to grips with that. I think sometimes, you know, we're in this unlimited, unlimited type of thinking. And, and it's fantastic. It's a beautiful thing. Like, I'm an unlimited, you know, child of God, and I can do anything. It's like, and, and that is true, you know, fundamentally speaking, but then also, you know, one has to recognize some of some of our own things, like this is my particular path, and I can't do everything. I have to limit it down to the things that I'm called to do and do those things the best that I can. Right. And that's, I think part of the sort of Freemasonry is like, yeah, one of the ideas making good men, you know, better, you know, and it applies to women too. I mean, there's women in Freemasonry, but also just in, in, you know, in general, obviously the universal idea of making good people, you know, great, you know, and honing your life into something that's amazing and beautiful. Right. Um, Speaking of that, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, that section uh, on on um, you know the beauty and architecture and aesthetics and all that. It's um, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. on two forty five. It jumped
1: like uh, jumped out to me. Uh, yeah, it hit me as well too, because you know it's carrying this you know construction, destruction, mm-hmm. reconstruction um, uh, thing even further than you know beyond just you know construction. Then there's actual you know, artisanship and uh and beauty and uh, yeah and it's interesting where he kind of throws this in um about this uh you know dead energy of of hiram um just that our potentials are sort of dead in us or asleep like in sleeping beauty he needed mm-hmm. prince charming to come wake her up and be uh because it was if she was there the life force was there yeah um the expression of that but it was it was in you know suspended animation you know it, it needed to be woken up and uh and that's you know part of how i was you know look at the practical side of of some of the, of all of these ancient wisdom stories and allegories and great traditions because you know at some point they have to work in your life Otherwise, it's you know we can talk about this stuff and I, I, it's very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's you know there's also a purpose and you yeah, know, exactly. and it works if you if you actually work with it. Um, and he uh, goes on to uh, and he actually engages you know Plotinus here in his essay on the beautiful and the effect that beauty has on the unfolding consciousness of man. And he says beauty is essential to the natural unfoldment of the human soul. So. That sometimes is where you know, I think we're talking about this you know the dreaming architect you know has his parts of his dream cut down to size to make the actual stones to build the thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it maybe starts out as beauty, but then through this you know to come into this material form, it you know seems like it loses some of that. it seems like it's died of uh, but it really needs to be re engaged with beauty once again it needs to be re-beautified it's to be re-enchanted. yeah 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 you and know, it needs they're... to
0: look up to the ideal of beauty as well you know faced with limitations sometimes we can get utilitarian or you know kind of stingy with ourselves or others or with the materials that we're using and so on uh, but if we have that ideal of what we're trying to create of beauty you know maybe we can make something happen happen within more limited means that still i you know still engages that ideal right well
1: you know in, in truth all our means are limited exactly there's nothing we don't do that isn't limited yeah that doesn't use too many negatives in a sentence um, <laughs> that was a lot <allowed>, wasn't right <laughs> <it>? no nothing <laughs> like know-how yeah, all right. um, Indeed. <laughs> you, you know but within the limitation there is infinite possibility you know, of expression Absolutely. and re expression. Yeah. You know, there's nothing new under the sun, but it's, it, it gets renewed all the time. It's a constant state of renewal. And I like that, you know, that destructive aspect. Uh, I don't want everything to really even just create out of nothing. It's, it's yeah. usually, you, know, you you build a wall out of the rubble from the burnt bridge or however that, that thing goes. Um, yeah. No, but, it's you know, true. you need that and you're, you know, pulling that out of your environment or nature. Uh, but everything that we have, even our science uh is is limited by our instruments and the instruments of our minds
0: exactly um,
1: Our art is limited to you know technology and sculpture. You can only cast such a big thing in bronze without it falling in on itself mm-hmm. and you know there there 's all these things you know poetry uh music there 's only what there 's twelve notes mm-hmm. um yeah. <laughs> you know on and, and the no, scale sure but, you know, uh, but black and white.
0: Out of what, that, what can you create? An infinite number of symphonies and different arrangements. Yeah, you know, Beethoven and Jerry and,
1: Lee Lewis all on you know, the um, same piano. Yeah, you know?
0: exactly. So, it, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that I think is is really important, too, is how is like the reflexive nature of this. In other words, like what's within ourselves, we create, and then what's without, we see it, and it reflects back to us. And then in turn that influences, you know, how we see things and how we feel and so on. One of the challenges today, I don't want to go off topic, but one of the challenges today is that, you know, a lot of the things that we create are not really fostering very uh, peaceful or harmonious or beautiful feelings within people. And by that, I mean the media and, you know, the art and the, and the television shows and so on. And I'm not trying to knock them. But, you know, the, the Greeks and the ancient cultures had a, had a different way of presenting art, they would present something and they knew that it was an ideal. And they knew that it was something that people were reaching for. You know, if you look at a Greek statue and its perfection, you know, no one walking down the street or should I should say nearly no one walking down the street fit the ideals of a Greek statue, you know, even in ancient Greece. But it was, it was the, idea, the ideal is there, though. The ideal of beauty, the ideal of, of, of this idea of perfection and goodness and ethical qualities and so on is something to shoot for. One thing I think we do ourselves a disservice uh, with is a lot of these art pieces that just reflect all of the kind of crappy things that are going on in life. And, you know, we'll create this art and we'll say, well, it's real, it's a, it's reflective of my experience when I was growing up as a kid, you know, in this terrible neighborhood and all the violence I saw. So I, I I can respect that. I'm not saying don't do it. But but also, there's room for art that that shoots for a beautiful ideal, for perfection, for symmetry and beauty and so on, um, you know, and so forth. It gives us something to shoot for. Yes, I, there's room for you know, this is what's going on and we need to address that and look at it and be honest about it. And then there's also room for, hey, let's shoot for something different. And I think we're not doing as much of the type of art that idealizes, you know, and that's what mythology is about. It's a striving after the per- perfection, I guess, not, not even perfection, but striving after wholeness and, you know, eventually some sort of eternal perfection because there is something behind, you know, this this material universe that is perfect, it's you know it's perfect and it's in its in its wholeness and its universal qualities and so on you know and, and you know we in our material experience you know are striving to to experience that and to reintegrate that we are that thing but we're have we're, we're trying to remember that we're trying to remember that but i think that's what the what Hiram or hiram you know represents is that that eternal within ourselves that needs to be resurrected right it, and 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 sort of something has to die in order to recognize that in a way.
1: Well, that's the philosophic death. We talk about in almost every
0: death, exactly. ancient
1: uh, wisdom tradition. It's the one you do where your body survives, <laughs> you know, you don't yeah. have to do that, uh, but it might feel bad. And a lot of times that happens, you know, midlife, um, you know, and maybe middle age, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it takes a lot longer um, to get this. Not we don't actually get there all the way. So there's deathbed confessions or things like that, but, uh, but mainly, you have to give up, and that's that killing off. You know, kind of what you believe uh, to be true, your whole paradigm, uh, and maybe you know, kill some of the words you're speaking about yourselves and others, and, and the world in which you live, and the way you, you know, really see yourself.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. If,
1: if if that's all you see is that fourth wall of the temple, the the north facing, you know, um, then then you're you know, you're not going to be moved yeah Um, but if there's you know this this openness uh and first of all it's a willingness to let go of the old you know it's like the old metaphor you know stepping onto the other shore you can't you never reach there if one foot is still on the first shore you can't you know at some point you have to let go and and get to that other side and it's and it can feel like a death uh, especially if these are things you've held on to and some people dig in even more once they realize oh gosh i gotta let this go yeah, um, that's a That's a chance to double down and dig in your heels and, uh, and say, oh, my God, no, I'm not going to let this go and uh, to the bitter end. And it'll be more and more bitter the longer you wait. So,
0: well, it's interesting because like the, the, the ruffians, the thought, feeling and action, they both kill and liberate. So, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, your thought, your feelings or your thought and speech and action, you know, can contribute to to either result either a liberation or to a sort of a you know a death in a in a negative and destructive way you, you know what i mean it's so 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 you've got to see how those those things play out in in your life and and you know this in this particular legend you know that the death is the death is is the philosophic death but they can you know if you're feeding your thoughts your feelings and your and your Um, and your actions are are negative and destructive, you know, you say you're a criminal or, or some kind of a person who's, you know, you know, wreaking havoc on your environment and you're abusive and destructive in your behavior and so on, you know, you will probably come to an early death. You will probably be incarcerated. You will probably have some horrible event, you know, that comes about because of your actions. So, you know, it's, it's this, we have to realize that, you know, it, the, the power can be, you know, this sort of power of thought, feeling and word, or thought, speech and word can be used for good or for ill. So does that right? mean the, uh, the ruffians
1: are in some ways uh, merciful? Um, the, certainly. It's in, like a mercy kill and, and then also then the opportunity to transcend them. Uh, to, to transcend
0: her, them. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And they but, can't be the old thing. They really no. can't. They, they do, you know, they, again, you're back to this creation or destruction and creation, kind of the destruction before the creation, can really happen. There has to be this, you know, grinding up of the the old.
0: Well, yeah, and one of those symbols, you know, is interesting. It, it, you know, that that's a masonic symbol is the rough ashlar, which is a you know is a stone, and then it's it's trued into a a cube, or it's trued into a a you know a sort of a sculpture, or a pyramid, or some kind of a you know symbolic uh, a symbolic shape. Um, and you know that's that's really taking that rough that rough kind of part of ourselves in in and sculpting it into something something different. you know it's taking some element maybe a negative quality and transmuting it into something positive um or you know it's it's you know, it's a metaphor too for for thought I mean you're taking your thought and you're using your thoughts your your feeling and your your actions to to create a different way of doing things. You know what I mean? So you're, you're taking sort of consciousness or thought and you're kind of chiseling it into the thing that you, you, you want it to be. And so you need to shoot for high ideals. You know, we're doing that with every thought, with every, you know, every word and feeling and every action that we take every day. You know, we're sowing those seeds and whether we believe that or not, we're doing it. That's the challenging thing about about getting getting to you know with, with new thought for example it's one of the challenging things that people have a lot of trouble with is that you know well there's they'll be like well you know it's not working my affirmations aren't working we did a whole show on that why my positive mm-hmm. affirmations aren't working remember that one Yeah and well, um, of
1: course they're not working cuz you new thought you're still holding on to the old yeah. thought
0: your 90, thoughts not going to
1: work five minutes of
0: <laughs> five minutes of affirmations you know are not going to clear up 20 years of you know crappy thinking and acting oh wow did you hear that yeah it's like it a, it like a fast and the furious car just went by Remember, it's so that was wow by the way, that Vegas was probably, is lit Vegas is lit wow you've been on Instagram haven't you Chris <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm one <laughs> Chris, of the cool kids now you are one of the cool kids
0: now <laughs> um I think that, that, that was a, the dog. Since we didn't hmm. get the dog, we got, we got the uh, fast and furious cart going by. All All right. right. So anyway, so that's, I mean, that's one of the things is that, you know, you, you've got to realize that, that these um, these thoughts and uh, and, and feelings and actions are cumulative. So when you start your affirmations, you start doing something new, it's going to take a bit of time to, to turn, you know, to make that turn within. Um, it's not going to take forever. And it, you know, it might happen overnight. But the point is, you've also got to have the patience to, 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 you know, to really craft a new life for yourself, take that time and really and think about a sculpture, a sculpture takes time, you know, it's not gonna happen overnight, you know, uh, Michelangelo's David didn't, you know, I don't know how long it took, I imagine it took years. Uh, but, you know, the point is, is that these masterpieces of our lives do not, you know, happen overnight. So you've got to have the patience to keep chipping away mm-hmm. at the stone each day
1: and there are, skills, and to there are skills to bring to the, the it.
0: craft and the art of, yeah exactly
1: of, of living of life indeed and that's and kind that, of what we do here i think we talk about know, some of these ideas into. and yeah. try to hone some of these skills and absolutely try some new methods um, but you're right you have to let go of the uh, the old thought before the new thought takes Fun. hold there's even a, a prayer that gets used in uh, sobriety uh, in recovery is it's called the lay aside or set aside prayers, you know, please allow me to, you know, or please take away or set aside what I think I know and feel and believe about myself so that a new idea of what I think and feel and believe about myself can enter. So even, wow. you know, That's it painful. doesn't have to be as destructive, but it yeah. has to be at least separated with the, the, the razor blade or something that, I don't know, whatever the Photoshop tool is to cut slice or something. <laughs> yeah. You kind of have
0: to do, you can save it or whatever, but, but you can sure, you, sure.
1: you got to just put it off to the side and then see if this new thing comes.
0: Well, and then that transmutation can take place. You can turn that lead into gold if you're able to set that aside and, 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 and recreate something. You and know, and that's it's something we do all the process. time. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's,
1: it comes up in curious ways, like, uh, if, like even going to the movies. Um, that's what we pay admission for. We want to leave at the door what we know about, you know, truth and life and physics and <laughs> gravity and, you know, science or things like that, um, to go into the mood to have this experience. You can't bring in, oh, that's no, that wouldn't happen or that's no, yeah. well, you wouldn't say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. um, but, you, you know, you're, you're telling yourself, you give your surrender surrender, uh, some of that when you go, and you just want to go for the ride. You just want to, you know, get involved with the characters and uh, the action and drama and, and uh, you know, have that movie experience, but you can't really have it um, with that you that you left in the lobby. Uh, so that's in a small way, but kind of an automatic way. Uh, we kind of give up what we you know, think we know and we
0: feel about something so
1: we can have a new experience.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That uh, I think is going to kind of bring us to the end of this. We're getting close to an hour. I do want to read uh, a last couple of paragraphs from this chapter because it's it's quite genius. So this is kind of Manly Hall's um, capstone on the end of this uh, on the end of this chapter, um, and he uh, he's kind of talking about this future world that he's imagining, and it's it's, it's a beautiful uh, sentiment. So let me just go ahead and, and and read this. So in the midst of that civilization shall stand a mighty university where wherein both the sacred and secular sciences concerning the mysteries of life will be freely taught to all who will assume the philosophic life. Here, creed and dogma will have no place. The superficial will be removed, and only the essential be preserved. The world will be ruled by its most illumined minds, and each will occupy the position for which he is most admirably fitted. The great university will be divided into grades admissions to which will be through preliminary tests or initiations here mankind will be instructed in the most sacred the most secret and the most enduring of all mysteries symbolism here the initiate will be taught that every visible object every abstract thought every emotional reaction is but the symbol of an eternal principle here mankind will learn that Hiram truth lies buried in every atom of cosmos that every form is a symbol and every symbol, the tomb of an eternal verity an eternal verity an internal truth. Oh, I heard the dog. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. The show is
0: complete right on cue. The pack, the pack signals that we are on track yet again with this show. Um, So that is the, that is the main, the main uh, idea here in this, in this particular symbolism of this uh, Hiram or Hiram. That that it is the the sort of you know eternal consciousness. It's the truth. It's the spirit, etc. That lies within uh, every material sort of um, thing, if you want to call it that. Uh, It's a very mystic bit uh, of existence, right? Yeah, and and we're trying to 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 resurrect that within ourselves, and that's that that sort of God consciousness within ourselves. That is our true true nature. You know, we get caught up in the material world thinking we're this name and this body and this form and with this education. But that's not the truth. The truth is, you know, is is beyond that to the to the eternal uh and the infinite that's within ourselves. Uh so that's the real message in this, I believe. I mean there's multiple messages in this, but that's the, the big one. Uh do you have any parting thoughts on this uh before we before we head out for the day?
1: Yeah, well I mean I, I think you nailed it and it's that uh that connecting to that greater part of ourselves, the, the great artist. If you're a musician, you know, the archetype of, of music or Orpheus or some that's why the Greeks, you know, kind of prayed to these, these gods. Yeah. They knew they were, you know, they were these ideals uh, in whatever trade or guild or area of interest. There was always some sort of God or deity uh, that you're, you're setting yourself and your sights, you know, much higher. We're, you know, we think we're all that, but we're not. We're actually so much more.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what
1: the mysteries are about in Pullman.
0: That is a beautiful way to put it. And, you know, it's, 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 it's so true. Um, you know, shoot for those higher ideals and, uh, you know, connect with that infinite uh, source within yourself and without yourself as well. It's all around us. Um, you know, and resurrect that master builder, that Hiram within yourself. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the temple, the true temple is the temple that's built without hands, as they say. Um, and that's that uh, that temple of you and the holy of holies is that god within you so you know lean on that and and shoot shoot for high ideals and try to be the best person you can and unfold you know your creativity and your 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 passions and your your positivity in your in your daily life and and you can't go wrong you can't go wrong so thank you for joining us again uh, this week on the Cosmic Eye Show. I encourage you to check out uh, Manley Hall's Secret Teachings of All Ages, and in particular this chapter we looked at this week, The Hieramic Legend, Chapter 16. Also, Lost Keys of Freemasonry has all of this and more. Uh, and that is um, one of Manley Hall's finest little, little books, and it's available for free many, many places. It's a public domain book. Um, it's on sacred text, right? And I think uh, so. Yeah. And, and Manly they hold that info. I'm sure it's in both of those spots. Uh, so check that out. If you get a chance, uh, thank you for joining us. Please support us. If you can at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye, uh, check out uh, cosmic uh from, for my book and for other books that we publish uh, and Chris Sheridan.com for, for his book um, spirit in the sky. And thank you again for joining us. Uh, we will be here next week again. Uh, have a great week. Goodbye. And God bless.